It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, December 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that do not think Saturday could have been any weirder for the Flyers. Oh, you mean Saturday at MSG? No, it was fine. (laughs) Oh, God. All right, let's start the show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the sarcastic today, Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We do a mailbag almost every week, so get those questions in. We are going to talk about all the goings on Saturday, including the Flyers-Rangers game. And it's Monday we will have our nemesis of the week. And I am excited for this one in particular. It'll be a good discussion. Locked On Flyers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, so much happened on Saturday, and it kind of felt like the most Flyers day ever. <laughs> it really was. Like, the horde of so Ranger much. fans that moved into the Wells Fargo was astounding. Yes, there was that to begin with. Uh, but then, of course, we had the Kevin Hayes healthy scratch, yes. which continued from him being benched during the Devils game in that third period. And... Torts didn't want to say a lot about it that I think the biggest confusing thing about the whole situation is he is the team's top scorer and scoring has been the biggest problem for this team overall. And he's just so locked into this, you know, I want the team to play right Mm -hmm. and, and individual players to play right that he doesn't care that, Kevin Hayes can provide offense. And we've been the first to criticize him mm-hmm. on his defensive play and his play away from the puck. Like, there's good reason why Torres mm-hmm. is upset with him. But, you know, at a certain point, when you're playing a team like the Rangers, and especially that's his old team, maybe you keep him in the game. Yeah, I, this has become like a battle of wills, it seems, because I can't believe that Kevin Hayes doesn't know what John Tortorella is talking about when he's talking about what to change in his game and what you should, should do. So I have to believe he just doesn't want to do it. I have to believe he's capable of doing it. Cause I watched Kevin Hayes when he was with the Rangers and his hockey sense wasn't very good. And he wasn't very good away from the puck. And that changed over time before he left as, as a Ranger, it got a lot better and it improved since then. And now somehow for whatever reason it has slipped back. And so You know, you can't, I'm not going to make excuses for either the player or the coach because I think um, the coach is more right than the player in this situation. And what you say, though, makes sense because I do feel like 
there is a point where it's just going to be like beating a dead horse. And what is that going to really do for the team this year? Exactly. And that's a fair question. Yeah, I'm not sure benching him is working Mm -hmm. at this point. And that's really the main point here. So it's like, do you want to lose out on offense when he always tries to step it up against the Rangers? I don't don't know that it was the right call this time around. And especially being cagey with the media about it, that you're sending an additional message to Hayes. And then Hayes is like, I'm not going to talk about this. Like, you know, it's just not conducive to building success with the rest of the team. I think. Yeah. And I do feel like you have to be able to talk about it because if you can't talk about it, then the fans just jump to all kinds of conclusions. So does the media. Like it's just ultimately it's not good. You know, players can say they don't care what the media says, whatever, but they do. And, you know, in this case, I can't even tell you like in, in the press box, as an example, a lot of confusion, a lot of, Things being, you know, going on. And of course, that's the number one thing that's being talked about. So you would think from a team perspective, they would rather get the focus off of that. But right. it's that's not the case. And then we had the official news. There had been, you know, talk about it that Lucas Sedlak wanted to return home to Czechia, uh, you know, in the couple of days beforehand. But they did make it official and put him on waivers to terminate the contract. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's great that the team, you know, honored what he wanted to do. And if that's, you know, if he wanted to go home, that's great. It's it's just very disappointing because I feel like he's been the most positive of the waiver pickups that the team has. had. Well, on the outside, on the inside, clearly he he wasn't having a good time. And people remarked to me because I wasn't able to talk to him. I wasn't there for morning skate. that he that was the happiest they'd ever seen him. So draw your own conclusions, but my conclusion is he wasn't having a good time being on a losing team, and he had played for Tortorella before. But when you have to put up with all the things that he's asking you to do, and you know you're losing, he just was like, "I'm not into it." So I give him credit for recognizing that. Yeah. So we we wish him luck yes. and hope he's happy. He doesn't even have a job home. yet. Like he's hoping. He has a job uh, over there in the in right. the Czech Elite League, but there's not a guarantee of that. Right. Well, hopefully he does get that job and can play some more hockey. And, of course, that brought up the question, are they going to sign Anisimov? Because now they'll have an open contract. Charlie O'Connor says that, you know, he might get an NHL contract down the road, but that you know, they like having him in Lehigh Valley as a mentor for the kids down there, which is absolutely happening. And that is, you know, the truth um, as far as his impact in Lehigh Valley. But, uh, you know, what do you think of, about that? Well, knowing the player, my guess is he's probably already talking to his agent and saying, listen, you know, this is great. I've got my foot in the door. Let's let's get something done. I want to play in the NHL. Uh, he'll be a good soldier and and be that. Uh, mentor, but I think this is flawed thinking by the Flyers because you can't hold a guy down when he's clearly ready to play in the NHL again. And you're basically saying, well, we like you down there, so we're not going to give you the contract. Well, you're leaving the door open for another team to do that. What do you want to do here? Like, that's the part to me that is just sort of maddening about it. It's like you got a guy, he's doing everything you wanted him to do. 
He's doing better than Kiefer Bellows did. And it's not a slight on him, but I'm just using it as an example. Success down there could bring success to the NHL. And they're like, nah, keep him there. Yeah, I, it's really, uh, I think, a difficult situation on both sides, right? Like, if I'm a Nisimov, I agree with you. I want that NHL contract yeah. now. He's absolutely earned it yep. from his play so far but like i said he's really doing a good job in lehigh valley we'll talk more about that on tomorrow's show uh when we have our phantoms tuesday but yeah he's having a tremendous impact on that team and you know from a selfish standpoint i would like to see that continue a little bit longer i get it i get it from a selfish standpoint but this is one situation where they're not doing the right thing by the player that is true. If you want to do the right thing by the player, you absolutely give them that NHL contract. You have it now so to as give. Quickly as, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you got to wait and, yeah. until that clears yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and whatever. But uh, I think I think that's the right thing for an ACMOF. But uh, yeah, then, you know, plus we had Tony D'Angelo return from leave uh his grandmother passed away yeah. which is uh very sad uh condolences yep, been there to it's him horrible and his family yeah it's really rough especially when you're close like mm -hmm. like they were um patrick ba brown came back in because of sedlak not being didn't even notice there. him i know didn't <laughs> I even know. know he was there honestly <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the best news of the day was Cutter Gauthier officially making Team USA for yeah. World Juniors. Even though that was kind of a foregone conclusion, it was still a bright spot in an otherwise tumultuous day. Yeah, it definitely was tumultuous. Um, the one thing I'll say about D'Angelo is that, and we can get into it more, like the coach is starting to say, listen, you've got to get better here because he's not having a good season. He's not. And I want to get into that uh, with his return to action from leave when we actually get into the game that was played. <laughs> there was so much happening. We haven't even had a chance to talk about that, but we will do that coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins, and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, and recovery, all those things. In, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contain less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's available wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube as well. Russ, we were talking about Tony D'Angelo. And yeah, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways for me from this game is that they put Tony D'Angelo out there for too many minutes when you're just coming back. I, I, I just thought that was really bad decision making by the coaches out there. And maybe they were trying to, you know, get him back out on the horse. But with him, the way his season has been going defensively, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, and you know, and, and Tortorella said, well, there was definite rust. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's a minus five. That's a lot of rust. Um, but the thing, <laughs> but the thing is, he didn't help the power play either. There was some movement with the puck, but like he needs to shoot and score. Like this is a guy that shouldn't just be a puck distributor on the power play. He's supposed to be your top guy. And I, I feel like it's a broken record. I've mentioned it before. Uh, I understand what he's been through, but once you come back out on the ice, you kind of have to be ready. And if he's not ready, like if it's going to take him a week or more to kind of get up to speed here, you got to start looking at Tony D'Angelo and start deciding uh, if there's a way you can deal him. Uh, that's what Chuck Fletcher has to do because clearly the signing was always going to be up in the air as to whether it worked. Uh, Tortorella said, well, you know, we're not trying to make him a defensive specialist. Yeah, we get that. But the idea is he's not even an offensive specialist. And he no. thinks, and this is where I think Torts has it wrong. This does not work for all players anymore. He thinks by becoming better on defense, it'll work over, give him confidence and work to his offense. But Again, I could point to four or five defensemen just like D'Angelo in the league that have never gotten better defensively, but yet have this really good offensive game. And sometimes you just have to let that player play that game regardless of, of some mistakes. I mean, that's it. That's your choice. Play him or don't play him, but you're probably not going to change him. Yeah. Two shots on goal in the game. Four entirely. power plays. When you're on, exactly. When you have that much power play time and you're on power play one, like, that's unacceptable, I think, you know, as far as his offensive yeah. output out there. And um, I thought that was a huge part of the of the problem yes. with the game. I mean, the power play was not working at all in that game. And I thought, you know, it, it there was a combination of reasons. Number one was Tony D'Angelo. Absolutely. Number two, was there something missing? Because Kevin Hayes wasn't there. Uh, sure. The I mean, there's definitely play. something missing. He's a really good distributor on the power play. It's another good shot. Yeah, there's something missing. But the power play, we're still having trouble with Kevin Hayes on it, too. It just was less bad. Yes. You know, also, I think power play two was better out there than power play one. And they left power play one out there, I think, for way too long. Yeah. Multiple. Times. Here's their percentage. It's 15.46, third worst in the league. Like, it's un inexcusable. I just, like, the whole time they were on the power play. And then, of course, you know, the six on four was a mess again. Yeah. Um, so it just, like, feeds into not having a good power play overall. Uh, six on four, Ugh. one shot on goal between the two sections of six on four. Like, when Torres pulled the goalie the first time around that early, I was like, this is a mistake. Yeah. Because I just knew with the Rangers and their puck movement and the way that they can find space on the net, even if it was a 50-50 shot, 
Like, I felt like the odds were in the Rangers' favor that one of those was going to go in for sure. And, of course, like, Truba, who hasn't had a goal all year, yeah. gets one. It's crazy. Ice, you know? I know. It's crazy because after the first empty netter went in, yeah, I think the Flyers were fighting more than in previous games to try and keep the puck out of the net. But, again, it's a torturous situation out there for the players. Like, they weren't going to come back and win that game. Why did you? Why didn't no. you put the goalie back in? Like this is just like again gamesmanship from the coach that I really don't care for. Right, and so it felt to me exactly that it was it was the coach against his own players yeah. versus the Flyers against the Rangers right. in that circumstance. Yeah, it's just like hey, you guys got yourselves into this mess. Keep the puck out of the net. That's your job. It's like it's just and it's hard to keep the puck out of the net against a good offensive team. You know it is. Like, it's just the whole thing. I, I just, I didn't enjoy watching it from any aspect. And and it just made yeah. things easier for the Rangers just to kind of like, you know, get empty stats. But they were, you know, you, again, Ovechkin got two empty net goals on you not that long ago. If this is the kind of play you want to do and you want to just let teams do that and pile it up, that's fine. He So, I mean, will he do it again? Because... He saw maybe he won't do it again, rather, because he saw a little more battle. That's what I would say. I would say, all right, at least I got that out of you. But I don't know. I can't tell you he's going to do that. Want to try and talk about a good thing in this game. And uh, I think JVR is building up that trade value, right? Yeah, I mean, he had a good game. Uh, No question that that shot from Tippett that went off the back wall. He he corralled it and did a nice job. Got a pass to lock on a quick move. That was good. I mean... JVR is, is, has picked up the system. We weren't sure if he would. He has. Uh, but he also knows he's going to get traded. You know, Jeff Merrick was reporting he's back on the block. He's been on the block, right, for two years. So, like, we know right. just a matter of time till somebody gets him. And so, yeah, I mean, I think his motivation is I'm going to play as good as I can because I know I'm leaving. I know that sounds jaded, yeah, but I- that's the way it is. No, I mean, he led the team with five shots on goal, yeah. which – I think isn't enough to lead the team no. in a game. Not when you get four power plays. And at the same time, I think, you know, whatever good he's doing is actually really good for the team. I think he's a veteran and he's mm-hmm. leading by example yep. here. And if you want to talk about somebody, like you said, doing the tort system, right. JVR is that. Yeah. He's doing it right. And he's getting rewarded and he's getting goals not a lot of goals, but he's getting them because he was out also with the finger. So, yeah, I mean, you know, his play has been good. He has been a good example. But and I'm going to bring up Travis Sanheim because, again. Yeah, please do. I mean, please do. you know, falling down over a board battle with uh, Keandre Miller, a guy who did struggle in that game earlier on. And then so he gets the puck. He goes down, and I don't remember who was on Miller, but whoever was on Miller – when Miller got back up and went with the puck, I don't think that player thought Miller was going to go to the net and finish off that play. And I think it right. surprised the player. And as a result, like Hart didn't know really how to set up for that. And that's a situation where like a player like miscalculated what was going on there. And and Miller just, you know, carried through on a play and, and made a good play. Those kinds of things are maddening to me when I see that. And, you know, the coach was just, you know, again, he's he took the good out of this game and he pretends that the bad doesn't bother him. We know the bad bothers him when he leaves that rink. He could tell us otherwise, but there's not one person in the room that believes him. 
I think with Travis Sandheim, he, I feel like he's trying to break out of the cage of this system right now. And I think he's stepping up offensively and skating all the way behind the net mm-hmm. a lot more right now. And he's just like, well, if I'm messing up defensively, I got to put some points on the board to redeem myself. And I feel like even though he is that guy and we've talked about it, he is that guy that can get back and maybe he thinks he can get back anyway. So he might as well do this, but like he is just, you know, really trying to create value for himself at this point. And if it's at the, you know, at the expense of some mistakes like that, that's what he's going to do right now. Yeah, I mean, look at the jeopardy he put his team in. The Flyers had just killed off a penalty. He gets another penalty. Luckily, Scott Lawton gets a, a shorthanded goal. A shorty. Yeah. But, I mean, that penalty was brutal. Brutal. So yeah. he had a couple of brutal plays in this game, and he really needs to step it up. He really does because he is a guy that has a long-term deal now, and that coach is going to be there. So he's got to figure it out. All right. Well, we still haven't talked about Carter Hart in this game, and I want to do that. And we still have our nemesis of the week. We're going to do both coming up next. Russ, I wouldn't say it was a horrible game for Carter Hart, but it wasn't his best game either. And there was definitely defensive breakdowns like we literally just talked about uh, in front of him where he wasn't able to set up properly. Uh, But I just feel like he's playing too many games. He is. I mean, in that second period late in it, it was like high danger chance, high danger chance. And he was stopping them. Like he did his best. Uh, I didn't understand why he was playing in this game, especially when you got word that the Rangers are playing their backup. That was a good opportunity to play Sandstrom. He's coming off what the 49 save performance, 48 save performance. He was tired after the game, like during post game, he was visibly tired. And this is a problem. Again, Torch is going to throw it off to Kim Dillabaugh and just say, well, I just listen to him, so whatever he says goes. But, like, sometimes you have to step in as coach and say, yeah, you know what? Early in the season, this is a bit of a too much of a workload for him. Uh, we're not winning the Stanley Cup here. Let's, let's even this out now so we don't have a problem with Carter Hart later in the season vis-a-vis an injury or, you know, a mental problem like he had a couple of years ago. That's, you know, that's what you're flirting around with here. Yeah. And we talked about it beforehand that if you just look purely on the schedule, it does make more sense to put Sandstrom in against Columbus. And maybe that's what their plan was. But with that 49 save. That's when you have to adjust the plan. You have to. Yeah, exactly. And I think that ultimately was a mistake here just from a rest perspective for Carter Hart. But uh, my guess is we'll see Sandstrom on Tuesday. You would hope. I mean, so. you know, again, uh, if we don't, I'm really going to question things. All right. Well, it's time for our nemesis of the week. And if you are newer to the program, each and every Monday, we look at the week ahead and say what is bothering us the most in the world of the Flyers or hockey or life in general. Russ always throws. Oh, I got one again. Curveballs. Oh, good. I'm very, <laughs> well, I'm a little wary, but also interested <laughs> to see what it is. Uh, last week, we talked about, you know, the scoring against good teams. And lo and behold, you know, 
Torts is like, ah, scoring doesn't matter as long as we're playing the right way. And that kind of leads into my nemesis this week, which is what we've been talking about for a good portion of this episode, is that what is the cost benefit of playing the Torts way versus building confidence through scoring and wins? Mm -hmm. And what are the decisions being made in order to build confidence or get wins more often in order to at least like make these guys happy sometimes you know it's a struggle when you have one thing being demanded of you it's not working to get you wins even if you could be quote unquote playing the right way and getting praise from him does it matter if you're just sick of losing yeah it's a great point um you know my my thing is going to be like you know that game yesterday was a holiday game and I, I kind of wish they would have mentioned Hanukkah since it's on Sunday, but I, you know, I tweeted about it, but that's not the biggest thing. A lot of people were thinking, well, the Flyers are going to win this game because you know, they're going to be really up for this game and it's, you know, with the Rangers in and, and it didn't happen. And so I would like to see, and I don't know if this goes on or not, and we don't even as media and the fans don't either, but do these Flyers get to have any fun during this time where it's a little tumultuous and, you know, they're not having a good season. Has there been any lighthearted attempts at trying to break it, you know, break the the tension that way? I don't get the feeling there is. And just like what you were saying, I just, I feel like there needs to be a little of that. Yeah, there, there really does. And um, I will take your point about Hanukkah, by the way, because the devils did it when I was there for flyers devils. Um, you know, we'll see if they have posted anything on social media. They haven't as of recording, but it doesn't mean they won't. No, but they had this whole game. Uh, it's like that was the time when, yeah, when I, I feel know. like it should have been done. And they're not the only ones. Like I've been every once in a while tweaking yeah. things on Twitter because it just seems like it's a forgotten thing. But anyhow, I'm off my soapbox. Yeah, no, it's a good soapbox, believe me. But uh, I, yeah, I just think that these guys just like need a relief. They from do this tension. Take of, them the Dave and Buster's. I know, losing. you know, I know. Torts grumbled about that. Dave and no, but you remember. Okay. But like seriously, like yeah. one day, just say, "Hey, listen, after practice, we're going to go to Dave and Buster's." Like, just do it. Yeah, or go bowling right. or do something like. Yeah, don't just let the players or... leave, and they're just going to go to Chipotle and go home anyhow. Yeah, have a video game tournament right. that the something. public can watch. Something. Like, I mean, or something. <laughs> the, I think the, if the Flyers fans saw them um, witnessing them at least having fun, I think it would help a little bit. Not too much because I get it. It could turn negative. But just, you know, they're humans too. Yes, I think that is a very good point, And I would love to see something like that as well. Yeah, there wasn't like a fun holiday video no. either of like – santa sacks no ugly sweater party that we could see no i mean maybe they'll have one maybe um over the christmas break but we'll see (laughs) all right wrapping up with our flyers fun thing uh as i have experienced in the past as well the only thing when you have a bunch of rangers fans come in to a flyers game that brings everybody together is a good chant against a mutual opponent and uh sure enough we got a dallas sucks chant during the game (laughs) and i appreciate that tremendously Uh, i remember when the flyers and rangers played the winter classic we got a good yankees yes uh, 
or sorry, when uh, Boston and the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, that, that's played. the Yankees suck. Yeah. Yeah, was the Yankees suck chant. And that that was really fun. It's a too. good diffuser. So I love it. Yeah, it is a good diffuser. And I enjoy it when you have occasions to come together against a mutual enemy. Always good. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow where we will preview that matchup against Columbus. Uh, some really heartbreaking news for a couple of players on each team. And we're going to talk about that. Plus, we'll have our phantoms check in some good stuff, including the teddy bear toss going on in Lehigh Valley this weekend. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. You can send mailbag questions to us in so many ways via Twitter or Instagram at Locked On Flyers. You can email us at Locked On Flyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. So there's no excuse. Get those questions in. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a happy Hanukkah and a great day, everyone.